What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Zach Hesterberg. Zach has been scaling companies online for the past six years and formerly ran an ads agency where he worked with well over 25-plus industries while profitably managing $10 million in ad spend. He decided to make a change after realizing that ads were simply a tool to drive traffic and not the way to make businesses revenue. Now his main focus is on revenue consulting and helping businesses find specific levers that will lead to the quickest and largest revenue growth. He has consulted with hundreds of six and seven figure online businesses, and he specializes in helping coaches, consultants, and expert-based businesses predictably increase their revenue so they can impact more clients, better lead their team, and enjoy higher profit margins. Zach, it's great to have you on here today. How are you doing today? Ryan, super excited to be here. Uh, feel great and uh, just yeah, ready to dive in. Awesome. Yeah, I know I got to talk to you a little bit yesterday and heard your backstory, but I'd love if you could share with our listeners just a little bit more about your backstory and how you got into business. Yeah, man. Um, backstory is not crazy exciting. Grew up in a, a lower middle class family uh, back in St. Louis area in Missouri. And, uh, you know, my dad was always in construction, my mom was always doing like front desk jobs. And uh, I grew up always. Uh, seeing what they were doing and seeing that they struggled with money and always wanted to make sure that I did something different uh, to make sure that my family did not have to struggle with money. Uh, and so as a kid growing up, uh, if I didn't want that, uh, I wanted to figure out how to make money. And so I was always very entrepreneurial. Uh, I remember my earliest uh, literally my earliest memory, uh, making money as a quote unquote entrepreneur, as a kid, instead of doing lemonade stands, I was selling rocks, uh, from our driveway. We'd go in, <laughs> it was me and my sister. We'd, uh, go into our landscaping, go get some rocks, clean them up, find cool little swirls in them and stuff, and go set out this desk at the end of our, uh, at the end of our driveway and, uh, put all the rocks on top of there, wave cars down and sell them for 10 to 25 cents a pop. And, uh, you know, that was the earliest memory, but then I, I didn't actually have dreams of becoming an entrepreneur. Honestly, I just wanted to figure out how to make money. And uh, I was always pretty good with math and going through high school, figured that, you know, you know if I'm good with math and uh, I'll continue following what my parents were saying, which is go to school, go get a job or like go to school, go to uh, get your degree, go to college, get a degree and then go get a good job. And I was like, okay, well, I guess the way to do that is by leveraging math and I will go be like an engineer or maybe an architecture. And honestly, man, I hated math. Uh, I just was good at it. <laughs> and I hated it because I felt like it was pointless when it, it really anything past pre-algebra is uh, pretty irrelevant for most people. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I always did have a fascination with marketing and with selling things and uh, kind of just a really long story short uh, in college, I, I did probably three or four different internships. And uh, each one was kind of a stepping stone for me realizing uh, my strengths as a marketer uh, and then also realizing the opportunity at the time, this is back in 2015, that, hey, there's a pretty easy opportunity to uh, get my foot in the door doing social media marketing for local businesses. And that's kind of how it all started and uh, really didn't have, once again, didn't have the dream of becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, it was just something that uh, I felt like God kind of uh, 
put in front of me as an opportunity. And I, I took the opportunity and ran with it uh, and kind of did part-time business out of the dorm room uh, until I finished up college and uh, went full-time in entrepreneurship after college was over. That's awesome. So as I mentioned in your bio, you know, you have a lot of experience, you've consulted with hundreds of very successful businesses. What advice would you give to someone that's just starting out in business? Mm. You know, there's, there's a few different things. Uh, there are really a few different ways that we can go with this. I would say the number one thing though, is I see a lot of newer entrepreneurs get really, really distracted in trying to make things perfect uh, before they focus on selling and actually creating revenue. And at the end of the day, if you're not making revenue, you don't have a business. <laughs> like, sorry, you have a cool website, but like, if, if you're not making money, uh, you, you don't have a business. So uh, my biggest thing would be uh, find an offer. And by the way, this doesn't matter if you're in e-commerce or like, like you're selling physical goods or you're selling products, find an offer of some sort that people like, find your niche, find your, find your audience of people that uh, want that offer and just start focusing on selling it. And you might get scrappy. You might have to pivot the offer along the way. You might have to pivot your audience and your marketing along the way. You'll probably be ashamed of your website when you first start, but just start uh, because that is the first step in all of it. It's just like investing. You know, I, I could have continued sitting here uh, for, I don't know, the last five or 10 years and saying, man, should have invested into crypto or should have invested into uh, Tesla or whatever. But it's like, it, it shoulda, coulda, woulda, it doesn't matter until you actually start. So just start and then you can always get better from there uh, and focus on sales. That's really good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking back at myself when I first started in business, I wish I would have spent a lot more time on just taking action and trying to make sales versus trying to make pretty designs and logos and all that stuff. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about someone who's maybe already had some success. Maybe they're six figures, maybe multiple low six figures, but they want to get to seven figures. How do you help somebody do that? Because it's a little bit different skill set, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Technically, the the actual most simple answer I can give you is sell more of what you're already selling. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a little bit more practical uh, than that. Most people, like mo- the, the, the crutch that I see most low to mid six figure people uh, get stuck on is there's, there's really two. Number one is that they're selling too many different things uh, or they're selling one thing, but to too many different audiences. And really what uh, at the end of the day, what that is, is your bandwidth is spread too thin and you're not going really, really deep into one main uh, area of focus. So what I would say, if that's you and you've been selling a whole bunch of different offers or to a whole bunch of different audiences, find your most profitable offer, the thing that you really enjoy selling the most and the thing that seems to be the easiest to sell and continue doubling down on that to the people that seem to want to buy from you the most. And so continue doubling down on that. The other thing though, the the other crutch that I'd mentioned that people really get stuck on, this is more so going to be like your consultants, uh, your coaches, your 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 expert-based businesses that are selling offers anywhere from one thousand to maybe ten thousand um, dollars. Those people, you know, it, it really doesn't take much to make six figures. It, I mean, if you're selling a ten k offer. I mean, you get 10 referrals and you close all 10 of them in a year. Cool. You have a six-figure business. Uh, At the end of the day, they need lead gen. Uh, They need to figure out how can they continue to get clients on demand uh, or at least leads on demand. And so that really comes down to uh, it's not a how. It's not a, hey, you need to do Facebook ads or you need to do 
I don't know, organic posts. It's not about the how, it's about the why. Uh, so if if that's you and you've been getting a whole bunch of random referrals and you're kind of stuck at the low six-figure range, uh, I implore you, please dive into why your clients have been hiring you. I, I do not care about uh, how they found you, but why did they hire you? And the other thing is that nine times out of 10, it's not going to be about what they wanted. Uh, you, like, let's just say that you are, I don't know, like a Facebook ads uh, buyer and you help people run their Facebook ads. People are not hiring you to create more revenue. That's, that's, uh, that is a desire, but most people are motivated to get away from pain, not run towards the desire. So think about what pain points in their own words, were they experiencing when they came to you and double down on that in all of your marketing, um, and really start figuring out like what pain points are you actually solving for people? And when you start, uh, creating, um, not, not, not so, not so much creating, but when you start crafting and curating, uh, all of your marketing assets and all of your posts and all of your conversations, uh, talking about the pain points that you're solving, you're going to find that you'll probably attract way more leads, way easier. That's really great advice. So I'm curious, how would you practically have someone do that? Literally just send out a survey to their clients or ask them some specific questions. Yeah. I guess it kind of depends uh, on how you want to. Uh, I would say like if you've already been getting clients, which if you're at the low to mid six figure level, you you already are getting clients. Um, what I would like on a very practical way of doing this, this is actually something I even recently revisited uh, for my own business. Go to your Stripe account or your PayPal or however you're collecting people's uh, money and, and look at who have been your most profitable customers that have either stayed with you the longest or paid like paid you the most, and also you enjoyed working with because uh, you might have had a nightmare client that you've been working with for a while, uh, and if you don't enjoy working with them, I don't want you including them in this list. But uh, anyway, make a make a list of maybe five to ten of the clients that have paid you the most and you've enjoyed working with the most, and um, I, I would map out all of their commonalities, where were they in life? And then if this is a business to business sort of thing, like if, for instance, if you're a Facebook ads buyer, yeah, you're working with other like business owners. But uh, if you're like a, I don't know, a life coach or a health expert, uh, you're probably not just necessarily working with other businesses. But anyway, map out everything of all of their commonalities um, and go person by person by person. So, hey, client A, where were they in life when they hired me? Uh, what was their income like? Or what was their revenue looking like? What was their weight looking like? What did their family life look like? Were they married? Did they have kids? Where were they living in the United States? Um, what were they doing on a regular basis? What did their, their everyday look like? And then talk about, um, okay, cool. What pain points did they actually have? In their own words, um, for why they hired me, uh, that they were that they were struggling with. Let's just say that you're a health coach. Was their pain point like, hey, uh, I don't feel confident in my own skin, and I'm about to becoming like whatever summer's coming around, and have a beach vacation with my wife, and uh, I, I want to be confident on the beach. Was their pain point that? Hey, uh, they're not confident in dating. They literally don't have anyone. And, uh, like as far as a significant other, and they're trying to date and they're not really confident in the pictures they're taking for their dating profiles or whatever, whatever the pain points were, map all those things out and then map out what their 
actual problems were that you know about as the technician, but maybe they didn't. So if you're, once again, you're the health coach, their pain point is different than their problem. The problem is like, they're probably eating too much. At the end of the day, they're just eating too many calories <laughs> compared to what they were burning. So uh, obviously that, that one's pretty given, like that's a given. Um, and then map out what was their desired solution? What was the actual pleasure that they were trying to run towards? Was it, it probably confidence in that case, if, it, if they're trying to like get prepared for, I don't know, a beach vacation, uh, or they're trying to be become better at dating, but like, that's the thing they're trying to become better at dating. They're, they, they want to attract a significant other. It's not about the six pack abs. It's not about the X, Y, Z thing that you think they actually want. It's actually what they wanted. And then map out what did they need to do to achieve X, Y, Z. And so anyway, do that exact activity for every single one of your top clients that you've enjoyed working with. And you're going to find that there's probably one to two commonalities in every single one of those little subcategories. And you could probably start to really, really craft an amazing offer for those people, as well as uh, craft really, really attractive messaging to attract those people uh, to even generate a sales conversation. Lots of great practical stuff there. So do you find that a lot of people that are struggling, they're trying to guess in their marketing or they're projecting what they think their clients want versus actually doing the research? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, so this is actually something that I just came across. Uh, I was I was consulting a brand. This was literally last week, uh, shortly. Well, uh, I guess two weeks ago of, at the time of this recording, it was right before Black Friday and a brand had contacted me. They were a golf brand. Uh, they were selling golf accessories and they were wondering how they can scale their really their ad spend. They were spending a couple hundred thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads. And they're trying to figure out how did they pretty much, how, how could they double their, their ad spend? And they wanted to maintain profitability. And so anyway, without getting into all the, the technical stuff that I was looking at, uh, one of the higher level things that I was looking at was what are you doing in your marketing to attract people? And at that level of scale, they're probably kind of tapping out their current little audience. Um, and so how do you go deeper? How do you either go into different markets or uh, how do you attract those people on a different level? And all of their marketing was very, very focused on features and lifestyle. And I was like, ah, that's cool. Like, um, hypothetically speaking, they, they were not selling uh, they were not selling this golf club. Uh, they weren't selling golf clubs at all, but let's just say they were selling golf clubs. No one cares about what your golf club is necessarily made out of. No one cares about what loft your golf club is, or like the face of the golf club is set at. No one cares how actually like, like light it is or what it specifically weighs. People want to, people want at the end of the day, if, if you're into golf, a golfer is going to upgrade their golf club because they either, well, they just need a golf club and they literally aren't golfing yet. And so they're trying to get into golf or two, they're already golfing and they want to become better. So that way they can uh, either lower their scores, but at the end of the day, lowering their scores, if they're not a professional, doesn't really matter that much. They just want to look good in front of the people they're golfing with. They want to impress the people they're going golfing with. They, they, they want to stand out. Um, they don't want to be average. They want to be above average. People are always striving to, uh, it's, it's, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses. People are always striving to either fit in or stand out. Um, and so understanding human psychology is extremely important in anyone's marketing. It doesn't matter if you're selling B2B or direct to consumer, you need to understand what are human desires and, and, and actual pain points that your audiences are truly dealing with and sell to that sell based on the benefits and, and helping them get away from their pain points, 
no one cares about your features. I'm curious also, you know, people that are in the the low six figure range, they're trying to scale, they're trying to go to seven figures and beyond. Do you find some of those people struggle with hiring a team versus trying to do things that they should no longer be doing themselves? Mm, Good question. And I would say it depends. It, it, It really, really depends. So I would say that one of the things that people do make a mistake on is that, yeah, they're, they're not hiring people at the right times, but sometimes they're trying to outsource things too early and that could be their crutch. And so it's actually like, Hey, they're trying to step into the CEO role, but really they're only making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And they really don't know their marketing and their audience all that well. They really don't have an offer that's selling crazy well. And at the end of the day, if you don't know your audience, like the back of your hand, and you're hiring a marketer to come in and try to scale up what you're already doing, they're just going to scale up the fact that you have chaos. And so that's not going to help you. (laughs) But uh, I do see other people that, hey, um, they will wait until the very, very last second. And it's like, okay, cool. You should have hired someone three three years ago already. Uh, (laughs) Like, let's get get a team member on here to, to take care of some of the responsibilities you've been uh, taking on your own plate for way too long. And those responsibilities are going to vary. Sometimes it's like, dude, like get out of your email, like stop paying attention to your email. You got to get a VA in here, maybe an executive assistant. Um, but other times it's, it's a marketing person. And I would say that I was actually just writing a post about this earlier today. Uh, haven't posted it. So, uh, you know, if, if you're watching the recording, well, actually, if you're listening to the recording now, you, it, it might be on my Facebook profile. Um, <laughs> but at the very time of me saying this, it's, it's not posted yet. Anyway, talking about usually the first two hires that I see people make around the mid six figure level going into seven figures. Uh, there's usually someone to help out with your fulfillment uh, or your, your just general operations. Uh, if you are let's just say a marketing agency. Yeah. You're typically going to hire either a VA or maybe a subcontractor to help run ads for your clients. Uh, maybe you're going to hire someone to do some tech work for your clients. But then also the other, the, the second hire I see people typically make outside of operations is usually a marketing person. Usually they, they uh, have someone come in and help out with their email marketing, or it's actually, it's usually like a Facebook ads person, uh, whether it's an agency or like a a freelancer. Uh, But yeah, most people that come to me that they're close to seven figures, they usually have two or three people on their team. It's like a VA, it's a marketing person. And then I don't know, throw in a random third person in there. One of my mentors says, do what you do best and hire the rest. Yeah. And I agree. But I think you made a great point too, about if you don't know your marketing, you can try to build the team too soon. We've talked before, and you've mentioned that you've invested in a lot of coaching programs and masterminds for yourself. I'm curious, how important has investing in yourself been to your success? Man, it's been huge. Uh, I almost said detrimental, but that would be the wrong use of detrimental. Uh, it's been crucial. <laughs> for me, uh, kind of running the, the business out of the dorm room, it was a Facebook ads agency at the time. And when I was doing that, I always had the mindset that I will invest into a mentor or I will invest into a, I don't know, a course or a program when I have the money. It wasn't until that mindset switched to, because I don't have the money, I need to invest into the mentor. 
because at the end of the day, if you have the money, you probably don't need the mentor all that much or the, or the coaching program all that much. And so I had to kind of reframe my money mindset and, and the way I looked at investments around building the business. And, and really, like I, the business did not start to grow until I actually started investing into uh, masterminds. And well, actually, it first started off with like three and $500 courses, which were decent at the time. And cool, it might help me get a client or two. And then it went from there to like a $1,200 mastermind and that helped. And then it was a $5,000 program and another $5,000 program and some 10K programs and a 45K program. Like it's it's gone up and up and up, but not once did I make an investment that I'm like, oh yeah, this is totally comfortable with this. Like not like just whatever, uh, not a big deal at all. Here's 45K. No, every single time I make an investment into my personal growth uh, or the company's growth, it's typically out of like, hey, this kind of stings a little bit, but because it stings, I'm going to grow because I have that much skin in the game to make sure that this investment actually pays off. I, I guess to answer your question, investing in myself and in the business has been huge. And I really do not think the business would grow all that much if it uh, if I never had. But here's the other thing. If you're going to invest, you got to do it at a level that's uncomfortable for you. And if you're listening to this, that might be the $1,000 program that you've been thinking about for the last three months and you just haven't taken the whatever, you haven't pulled the trigger on. Or it might be, hey, you need to go join that $100,000 mastermind you've been thinking about. I have no idea what the the size is for you that's uncomfortable, but if it's too comfortable, it it's not worth doing. Yeah. I could not agree more. I struggled for several years in my business before I invested. And I mean, when I invested, I ended up putting a coaching program on a, on a credit card. Yeah. It's obviously not comfortable. I'm curious, Zach, what do you think are some of your best habits? Good question. At the end of the day, I don't know if I have a set habit per se that I've been doing for years and years and years, such as, oh, I wake up at 4.30 every single day. In general, I do wake up early for the most part every day. Um, that ranges though, depending on the the time of my life, anywhere from 4.30 a.m. to I don't know, 6 a.m. Uh, is I'm usually up by, usually it's like 5 a.m., but yeah, it just kind of depends on the, the cycle of life that I'm in. But so yeah, it, anyway, at the end of the day, my habits change, but the core principles of my habits uh, that are very, very beneficial for me is prioritize sleep because for the longest time I didn't. Um, <laughs> I thought that I was invincible and bought into hustle culture. That was the that was something else I should have mentioned earlier when you said, what's, uh, what's advice for young entrepreneurs? Don't buy into the hustle culture. If people are saying that, cool, you could sleep when you're dead and you don't have time to sleep until you build wealth, like they're wrong and it's super unhealthy, like don't do it. <laughs> like uh, if you're not taking care of your biology, you're definitely not going to be able to put your all, put your all into your business. You got to fill up your own cup. And so for me, that is prioritizing sleep. Usually always get about seven and a half to nine hours of sleep. Uh, I work out probably four to five times a week, whether that's going to the gym, running, playing hockey, playing golf. Well, I don't really consider golf uh, working out, but anyway, just like always staying active, uh, making sure I'm moving, um, and always learning, um, always diving into books or, uh, surrounding myself with people that will, uh, pull me up. Um, and then on top of that, uh, this is more so for me. And I, I think probably a lot of your audience, which is prioritize God in everything I'm doing, I, I guess on a normal business e podcast uh, that's probably not going to be something that is common. Uh, I think that your podcast listeners are a little bit different. And uh, that's that's what I was really excited to be on your show for. Um, man, if, if you are a kingdom entrepreneur, if you're a, a kingdom-minded person in the marketplace, 
and you're trying to separate God from your habits, uh, or you're trying to separate God from the rest of your life, man, you're missing the point. Uh, life is so much better, whether you are an entrepreneur or not. Life is so much better when God is truly the main ingredient of the entire pie as compared to being a slice of the pie. I love the way you put that. Um, and I think prioritizing sleep, that is something I had to learn the hard way as well for years, just trying to grind. And the great thing about being an entrepreneur or business owner is you can work whenever you want. The bad thing is you can also work whenever you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, setting up boundaries, I think is is really, really helpful, really important. It's definitely one of the the main things that I do to help guys that I coach in their business because like I said, I struggled with it for a long time and working smarter is definitely better than trying to work longer hours. Yep. All right. Well, what you said at the end there plays perfectly into the next question I was going to ask you. So what role has your faith played in your life and your business? I mean, faith is everything, uh, at least at this point. <laughs> uh, I, have, I can't say that I've always been a saint and have always uh, prioritized God in all that I've done. But I can also say that when I've made the switch to truly giving giving God control of, over everything, letting him take the wheel of not just my personal life, uh, but my relationships and my business and my health and my communication and my networking, whatever, like letting him take the wheel of my entire life has been, I mean, it, it's just the definition of freedom. It, it, it is the true answer to peace. I mean, he, uh, God is the creator of peace. He's the giver of peace. He's the giver of joy. And um, man, life is just so much better when you are living, uh, living that out. Um, but then directly in relation to business, uh, I was, just, I mean, you and I were just talking a little bit before that uh, we started recording for me for the longest time, even though I was a Christian and I was, um, saying that I was trying to prioritize God and all that I was doing, I hadn't connected the dots for what role God played in the business. Um, obviously other than provider, it's like, God, I need a client right now or whatever. Like if, if, if times are hard, yeah, I'd seek him out. But um, I wasn't really connecting the dots of uh, how was I actually building a business that glorified God. And uh, I remember back in July, uh, I was kind of done paying off some some pretty big investments at the time. And I uh, felt like I had a little bit of breathing room and was praying one day and truly felt like God was saying, Hey, Zach, uh, if you are actually trying to say that you're going to build a business that glorifies me, you need to stop listening to man and start listening to me, um, at least for the, the current season. And uh, I'm going to probably tell you to do some things that don't make sense in the natural, uh, but that's, I mean, that that's a kingdom business. And so anyway, I was like, all right. So I kind of took a step away from a lot of the things I was doing and, and really took a, a huge step away from pushing for growth and pushing for new clients and pushing for, for more revenue. And instead I was like, all right, God, like, what do you have for me? And so I just dove more and more into worship and prayer and just seeking God in, in really everything. And, um, the revelation that that's had has been huge. He's, he's given me a much clearer vision for, uh, really what he actually, what he wants me building, not what I want, uh, would have said that I wanted to build, but he's given me a vision for what he wants me building. He's given me a vision for impact multiplication. Uh, how can I continue to have a greater impact for directly for God's glory, the more that the business grows. So if I get uh, more revenue, literally uh, a direct proportion of that revenue is going towards impact multiplication for spreading God's word in other countries. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, outside of just peace and joy, he gives amazing business <laughs> advice. Um, and, and so now at this point, 
I, I, I literally struggle even saying that this is my business. Like, cause it's not, I don't, that's not the way I look at business anymore. I truly look at business at this point that, Hey, this is, this is God's business. And I've been placed here to steward it, uh, and be the best steward that I possibly can and multiply it to the best of my ability, um, and rely on God to give me the wisdom and discernment in, in how to, to best multiply it and best, uh, steward it. So yeah, that's, that's my answer to that. That's so awesome. And I know when we were talking before we hit record here too, we uh, were talking about the fact that we had both read John Bevere's newest book called Multiply and uh, an amazing book. So I just want to throw that out there as well. I highly recommend uh, you go check that out if you're a kingdom entrepreneur. And last question for you here, Zach, what is your definition of an extraordinary man? You know, I was thinking about this. It, it seriously is such a great question. I'm sure you get complimented on that all the time. At the end of the day, I would have to define that as a man that's living out his life by putting God first in all things he's doing, saying, and even thinking about when you, I mean, uh, I think it's Matthew six, when you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to you. Seek him first in all that you do. And he's going to guide your steps and truly allow you to live an extraordinary life based on his will in all things you do. And whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a stay-at-home husband or uh, you're a student in, in college right now, like it doesn't really matter what you do. I, I know that this is a primary, uh, primarily an entrepreneur audience here, but seriously, in all things you do, when you seek him first, uh, all these, I mean, just life is better and, and you will truly live an extraordinary life uh, on his terms. Amen. All right. Well, this has been awesome, Zach. Where can people go to find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, Ryan, first of all, thanks so much for having me. But uh, honestly, this is probably not going to be the typical answer. I would imagine a lot of people throughout their website. Um, don't don't bother looking up any website. Just hit me up on social media, like like my personal Facebook. Don't go like my business page. No, <laughs> like um, at the end of the day, we are all people and uh, I truly want to connect. Uh, and if you have taken the however long we've been recording 30 minutes or so uh, to listen to this show, uh, I would first of all want to say thank you uh, for your attention. Uh, I'd also love to learn a little bit more about what you got out of the show or maybe what you got going on. Maybe I could give you some some free tips here and there. Um, so seriously, shoot me a friend request on Facebook. Uh, just my name is Zach Hesterberg, Z-A-C-H Hesterberg. Um, it'll be in the show notes, I imagine. Uh, uh, or on Instagram. You can just find me on Instagram. Once again, it's Zach Hesterberg uh, is my, my handle. And uh, uh, yeah, shoot me a message. Uh, and also do this real quick. If you're listening to the show and you are a normal listener of Ryan's, take a screenshot of whatever you're listening uh, to this 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 on, whether it's your Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you found this show on. Take a screenshot of this current episode um, and post it on your story. Uh, or if, if you want, you could send it through through Facebook Messenger or whatever. But I would prefer you post it on your your Instagram story so that way you could give Ryan some love. He has an amazing show. He's he's doing some amazing work, uh, really building up building up the kingdom, building up kingdom entrepreneurs. Um, and one, it, it gets the word out. It helps him out. I mean, he's to my knowledge, I don't think he's getting paid for the show. He's probably doing this uh, all really all on his own, and he's putting his own uh, time and resources into this. So. Um, give him some love, uh, pop on Instagram, put a little screenshot of this, tag him and tag myself. And if you do that, uh, I will personally gift you the book that he was talking about earlier, uh, X, um, uh, Multiply Your God-Given Talents. Uh, it's by John Revere. And I will personally gift that out to anyone that does that, whether that's one person or a hundred people, you have my commitment. I will happily do that. 
That's amazing. Thank you for your, uh, your generosity of doing that. And I uh, appreciate those kind words. I will definitely make sure that your Instagram and your Facebook profiles are linked down in the show notes below. But Zach, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Dude, thanks so much for having me. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man podcast. Do you want a free one-on-one business accelerator coaching call with me personally? Go to aoemen.simplecast.com and click on the free coaching tab at the top. I've specifically set aside five spots for listeners of this episode, and they're available on a first-come, first-served basis. Again, to take advantage of this exclusive and limited-time offer, go to aoemen.simplecast.com now. Until next time, remember to go out there and become the man you were created to be. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.